Hey, Rob. Hey, Lloyd. Man, I haven't spoken to you for ages. Uh, it's it's not even not even like we're recording two episodes in a row. Unbelievable. See it's- you later, fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> Is, does that exist in podcasting? Uh, well, this is all just a fiction, so I suppose so. Oh, it's all part of the UCSU. <laughs> yes. <laughs> bring I'm it up so every on board. I'm so on board. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Are you still, you still, still, still drinking coffee? Like how, <laughs> how's, it, how's it going, I guess? No, 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 no. It's a whole new week and I'm smashing bevies. Smashing bevies. Sinking with the bevy list. Uh, yeah, English breakfast. <laughs> big one. English big one. breakfast. Barley wine. Spiked English breakfast, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's spiked with a little bit of milk. <laughs> it's a classic. Classic spike. Yeah, look. It's tea. But I'm going to drink a bunch of beer later. I promise. I like tea. Everyone likes tea. People who don't like tea are lying because they're so attached to coffee. Tea is yeah. great. Yeah, no, you've you got to love both. And you're you're probably you. I reckon you're probably drinking spring water. Yep, yep. You're right, Guinness. Spot on. <laughs> Isn't? I'm sure there's a spring that flows Guinness somewhere in Ireland. Aye. <laughs> well, since since we've uh, we've shattered, sledgehammered that fourth wall, well, I'm going to assume in the maybe last. I was lying. Maybe I was also lying then. Fourth wall back up. <laughs> Have you moved in the last 25 minutes? Uh, not appreciably out of my main geographical location of Perth. Going right, to assume yeah. that's the same for you, but with your geographical location. I didn't even leave my chair. Did you not? Oh, no, that's a lie. I got a beer. But I'm back in the chair. Same chair. Same chair. Same chair. Same place. Same distance. It's a long distance, but we need to know how far it is exactly. And Lloyd, this this week, it is, I don't even know how to say that number, 10,149,294.2 Harrison Ford's (laughs) end-to-end. So many Harrison Fords. <laughs> it's a Fords. lot of Harrison Fords. Hopefully, my maths is correct. What what point two did you bring? His shins. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you meant by bring? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> okay, good. Exactly. I mean, everyone. He's famous for his shins. Everyone. Yeah, knows of it. course. Uh, but I, I will. I do have to clarify. This is Harrison Ford at his peak height, not his current height. What's his, what's his current height? Right, so I googled this, and celebheights.com, which is probably a very legitimate website, has his current height and a subheading that's his peak height. So I guess in his old age, he has shrunk from his massive peak height of uh, well, it's one hundred eighty-four point two centimeters, or six foot and half an inch, and he's come all the way down to five foot ten and three quarters, one hundred seventy-nine point seven centimeters. It's tough. How old is Mr. Ford? He's 79. Uh, how old is Harrison Ford, Rob? Uh, he's 79. Wow. He was born wow, in that's... the middle of World War II. That's, uh, huh, that's older than I thought. It's kind of made me, made me sad. He's going to oh. die soon. 
Well, <laughs> we don't know that. He is, well, he's he, he's a lot of things. He's Indiana Jones. He's, he is shrinking is what he is. <laughs> We've got to face the facts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Soon man. there's going to be nothing left of him. He'll just be shins. <laughs> Nothing to say to that. <laughs> Just be well, shins. I, I can't. I can't even picture Harrison. Harrison. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Harrison Connery. I can't picture him in shorts. Ah, there are pictures of it. Just googled it. Oh, there's a bunch yeah. of them. He's worn shorts lots of times in his 79 years. Wow, he's been around the block a few times. Wow, there's there's some good shins. I bet he's got like real tan and real nice calves. He seems like a calf guy. Yeah, and quite long yeah. legs. Yeah. Well, hopefully, because it's all that's going to be left of him soon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, right. Well, I'm going to make a very loose segue to what you're talking about. That doesn't sound like us. Our segues are often tight and not noticeable. This is noticeable and loose. <laughs> Harrison Ford, famous Perfect. actor. Is he? Played uh, Indiana Jones. Did he? Icon. Icon of... of was he? The era that... 80s? 90s? Well, icon of, of the Harrison Ford peak height era. Yeah. That's not relevant. <laughs> this isn't the fact. Harrison Ford is an icon and he played Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, famously in the movies, has a huge fear of snakes. And what are you talking about this week, Rob? Oh, my goodness. I am talking about my rational fear of huge snakes. See what I did there? You know what? You're right. It was flawless and unnoticeable. Very tight <laughs> Didn't even happen. Uh, this week, Lloyd, I learned about, brace yourselves, and a small moment of silence. The Titanoboa. Oh, very well introduced. Thanks. Uh, as you can potentially guess, the Titanoboa. Oh, the Titanoboa was a monstrous prehistoric <laughs> snake of South America. And it was, and I, I hate you for making those because <laughs> so I don't sorry. have a fear of snakes, but yeah, this is well, one of the now. most terrifying things. Uh, and yeah. I, yeah, like truly monstrous. I don't say that lightly. We're harking back a little bit to uh, some previous episodes, woolly mammoths and uh, the Jurassic Park segue and all that prehistoric, wonderful stuff that is so fascinating. And I also seem to be doing a weird variation on, on sizes. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were looking at another Titan the big old ship that lost in fisticuffs to an iceberg. Ooh. Yes. And then then last week, which was definitely not just earlier this morning, tiny trees. Um, so that means that the next episode, you have to find something tiny again. Got to be something small. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I don't know why. I wrote here, <laughs> tiny trees. But I guess they're tiny trees with big attitudes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's all big stuff. Not sure. <laughs> Are you a marketing exec from the 90s? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. But anyway, so the Titanoboa, I'm going to give you the, the, the lowdown. There's a little bit in here to, to set the scene. So, it's another example of why, I guess, paleontology is still so damn exciting, even though it sounds like it's just old, boring stuff. So, it all started when uh, I think some students were visiting uh, some big, dirty great coal mine in ah shit uh serajon serajon in colombia apologies to everyone that i just offended my pronunciation is terrible uh and on this visit to the coal mine 
uh, he discovered, or she actually, I'm not sure who it was, uh, discovered a fossilized leaf, which is like cool in itself, but turns out that's actually really exciting because it was the first evidence that in that area there may have been a prehistoric jungle or rainforest. Uh, I also imagine that it would be really hard to find fossilized organic matter or like something as, as flimsy as a leaf. I guess so. Well, it's like, then, it's like the imprint of a leaf that's fossilized, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. But I guess it's also not that weird, I was thinking, to be in to find something like that in a big coal mine because like fossil fuels and fossil fuel deposits are often areas of large amounts of organic matter that's been yep. know, compacted and decayed and stuff. So it makes sense that there's old dead stuff there. This leaf was dated uh, and it was dated from the Paleocene era, which is uh, right after the extinction. Well, you say right, up, right after <laughs> millions of years, but in the grand, the cosmic scheme of things, relatively soon after the extinction of the dinosaurs uh, in the region of like 66 to 56 million years ago. Turns out this is evidence of one of the world's first ever rainforest and certainly the oldest uh, prehistoric rainforest site in South America. That's uh, so cool. So cool, right? So real exciting for the paleontological community. So they get diggy digging, a bunch of holes, um, and they uncover giant turtles, giant, well, actually, remains of giant turtles <laughs> digging holes, massive turtle. Oh, <laughs> I've been down here for ages. <laughs> Please help me. Uh, giant turtles, giant crocodiles. And I'm not sure why this excited me so much, but the evidence of the first bananas, avocados, and bean plants that would have ever sprouted on Earth. That is exciting. Isn't it? And I have to assume that they were also giant. I ate a banana a day, so this is, this is very exciting. The first ever banana. Yeah, I also have a banana a day. Wow, we are so alike. I'm so in touch. But like everything back then was enormous, right? So I'm, we're, we must be talking mega avocados. That's a that's a big breakfast right there. Mega smashed mm-hmm. ammo. Also a super awkward health class. Mega bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those people with bonsai penises would be feeling real shit then, wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, sir, it's <laughs> nothing like mine. <laughs> anyway, in amongst all this exciting stuff, they found, at least in the initial digs, one very large vertebra, which is always exciting. Uh, and... From, I guess, the way it looked and the way they compared it to existing fauna, it prompted suggestions of a mega snake. So they immediately start digging and ideally they want to find a skull because that would help them piece together and and confirm that it was a snake. So (laughs) talking about this, uh, reading my notes and on my other screen, there's just this picture of Harrison Ford (laughs) <laughs> in speedos because I was looking for his shins. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so they're looking for a skull because that would tell them so much about this thing they've discovered. And apparently that's actually really hard because snake skulls, although they have a, they can have a really big bite, all of that comes from muscles which degrade and the skull part, the bone part, is actually really fragile. So they often disintegrate or get crushed during the fossilization process. But over the next few years, they uncover remains of 28 separate huge slithery boys. Ah, what a find. 
Yeah, right? What a rush that would be for those those paleontologists. So many, including multiple skull fragments, which they were all stoked Mm. about, which allowed them to piece together a complete Titanoboa. Never get tired of that. You would if you saw one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I would just die. (laughs) Straight up death. Uh, So this is, like I said, a real big snake. 45 to 50 feet long. That's 14 to 15 meters, which is mm. like more Harrison Fords than you want in a snake at his peak height. It's it, it's so big. Yeah, that's a big old it's snake. It's too big for a snake to be. And its body like could get up to a meter wide and it weighs in at over a ton. Yeah, the girth is what freaked me out. The meter yeah. of girth. Like that's just... It's a thick bitch. A thi- <laughs> I wrote, holy shit, that's a snake. But I like thick bitch. That's good. <laughs> Both are good. I mean, it's just like. Monstrous. Uh, I, I yeah. read one of the articles tried to, was also shocked at the girth it was explaining. And it was like, one way to picture it is, <laughs> is imagine it chasing you through just a normal sized door. It's having to squeeze its body through a normal sized door to continue chasing you. Fuck that. Uh, that's a big snake. Let, let's put this in another perspective. Can you hit me with the length <laughs> Nope, you're too far away. <laughs> in, uh, in meters and kgs again? 14, so call it 15 meters long uh, and one meter wide and weighing in at over a ton. So the largest anaconda that we've ever found, which is what we currently have as big snakes, yep. is... A little over half that length and a quarter of the weight. Less than a quarter of the weight. Yeah. And I've That's, seen pictures of those and that freaks me out. Yeah. This is such a big snake. I think there's uh, some of the reconstructions you can Google and see. There's one, not a skeleton, but like a, a model, scientifically accurate model of what it would have looked like in the Smithsonian, I think. Yeah. Uh, hated looking at that. Couldn't yeah, look away. <laughs> that's real gross. And I think when they first discovered it, and I think they were like launching the exhibit that was going to put it on display in some museum for the first time, they did a publicity stunt where they put one of those models in a subway station. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> How scary would that be? Just like going to get that late night train home after a big night of heavy drama. <laughs> <laughs> be terrifying. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a thick bitch. The, the uh, Smithsonian is in what states? In DC? You tell me, Captain America. <laughs> I think it's in DC. And I think that weed is legal in DC now. <laughs> so it would have really just like harshed on a lot of vibes in the subway system. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Harshed on a lot of vibes. I like oh, it. I'm, I'm looking at the picture in the Smithsonian now and it's... It's hard to even conceptualize that thing being alive. Yep, and slithering after you. Ugh. The door thing does have, it for me. Oh, squishing through a jaw, door to get you. Ugh. Well, I, I have in my notes my first car. Remember oh. my little my little Ford Festiva? Yeah, do I ever? Yep. That snake weighs just about three hundred kilos more than my first car. <laughs> yeah, your first car would actually probably most of your cars in your history of cars would lose against the Titano the Titanoboa. Uh, yeah, my, no, they would for sure. So we've established it's a scary, terrifying snake. So it's 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 scientized. The science people have you know learned lots of things about it from historical remains, like they do. And it was the apex predator of its time, understandably enough. 
and was in fact the largest predator from this point on, so in the kind of 60 million years ago period, uh, right up until the first megalodons, which is 40 mm. million years later. That's a, that's a long reign at the top. Big snakes. So then I also read something super interesting. Why was it so big? Why was the snake so big? Uh, because it was a couple of the world, the, the world, the globe was a couple of degrees hotter back then. So snakes, oh, cold-blooded yeah, reptiles, they needed mm. to spend less time warming themselves uh, than, you know, uh, reptiles do now because it was hotter back then. So uh, their bodies were able to live and metabolize with less, you know, sunbaking and allowed them to grow larger and more terrifying. Is this is this a myth I'm thinking of? But anacondas, they don't stop growing, right? That Like throughout their lifespan, they just run out of the ability to create enough energy for the size of their body. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the same kind of thing. Yeah. If it was hotter, they would continue growing. That's a really good answer <laughs> to most of the unintelligent chat shows facts. Just like, Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Move on. <laughs> and then in this article, which I think was actually from the Smithsonian, the, the guy that was writing the article was like, explained the hot thing, and then was like, lots of people have asked me, could this happen again with global warming? And that that put me on edge a little bit. Apparently, theoretically, yes, which is exciting and terrifying. And then but... <laughs> big downer, probably not because of humans' shocking destruction of habitat. <laughs> Uh-uh. Yeah, look, we've there's not there's not enough space for them. Yeah, you need big big things need big habitats, not just yep. a little bit extra sun. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we're the worst. Yeah, running theme: humans are terrible. So that's what I learned this week, and I think we're both scared. It's awful, awful. Hated it. <laughs> awful. I'm sorry. Sorry for learning that. Uh, but there is a uh, Titanoboa movie that I want to watch. No, no, there isn't. Is there? Yeah. Fill it's me a- in. TV movie. It's called Titanoboa Monster Snake. <laughs> As if you needed to like spell that out. There's, um, you know, on IMDb they have like there's the storyline. Mm, uh, yep, yep, yep. Yep. There is no storyline. It just says meet Titanoboa. <laughs> She's longer than a bus. Eats crocodiles for breakfast and makes the anaconda look like a garter snake. <laughs> oh, there's a really great clip. I just googled it and images. <laughs> it's a snake. Rearing up and pulling a helicopter out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it's in the vein of uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Yeah, yeah, the classic B slash C grade movie. Yeah, yeah. I oh, watch there's it, another though. one. Titanoboa, Journey to the Amazon. Oh no, that might be a factual book. So I, I genuinely, uh, there's the. Is it just called Anaconda? Scary Snake movie. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's set in Australia, isn't it? Or at least the, the Actually, guide is Australian. It. I haven't seen it. Uh, genuinely scared the shit out of me. Hated it. <laughs> really? Yeah, the the little boat runs out of, um, I was going to say boat juice because I forgot what the was for a second. <laughs> boat juice. <laughs> Good. <laughs> runs out of petrol and they're just on an island. And then at some point, one of the guys is like, oh, by the way, the tide's coming in and this island's going to be underwater. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, there's a big that's a serious, snake. That's a serious tide. Yeah. Yeah. Hated it. Hated that movie. <laughs> uh, so we should definitely watch Titanoboa Monster Snake though Oh definitely Yeah I mean it, it has um, What was it like 6.5 on IMDB Which is just like kind of high For a shitty Oh out of 10? Yeah 
thought you were going to say out of 100. Six, six points. It's 67% for tit- Titanoboa monster snake. Yeah, I'm strongly on board. Ooh, ooh, hold, hold the phone, Rob. Hold the phone. I am, I'll hold the computer. IMDB, Titanoboa 2022, pre-production. Plot, <laughs> plot is listed as plot details are being kept under wraps. Damn, a new movie. Are we are we breaking it wide open on the on the new movie? There's free marketing for him for Titanoboa. I can't imagine it'll be good. And le- oh, it, does it look like a high budget Hollywood film? There's nothing. All I can see is the writer, so and two producers. So let me let me bring up the writer. Let's see what he's worked on. Tony Giglio. Tony <laughs> can't be Giglio. Good. <laughs> uh, he wrote Chaos, Jason Statham, Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Extraction with uh, Vinnie Jones. We did Resident Evil. Uh, that's oh. decent. Mila Mila Jovovich. Uh, he directed. I don't know any of these. He directed yeah, Titan- a, a Titanoboa movie coming from the Resident Evil team. Oh, and Death Race, that really bad Jason Statham movie. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, nice. oh, sorry, Tony. Really good Jason Statham movie. That's exciting. Uh, we should watch that when it comes out. Yeah. 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 Titanoboa. Yeah, we got two Titanoboa yeah. movies to watch. Seems like one will be much better than the other. Tony Giglio probably seems like he's got more credibility. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, big snakes, big scary. So, I thought to balance the scales a little bit, I would look up the smallest snakes. Aww. <laughs> They're so cute. Well, I say that. Uh, so, the world's smallest snake is the Barbados thread snake which uh, clocks in at an average adult length of 10 centimeters. Cute as a bud. That's a shoelace. Oh, it's actually the, the first like five or six in the top 10 list of tiny snakes. Um, they all just look like glorified worms. So I actually, I don't count them as snakes. I'm not awarding it to the Barbados thread snake. I don't even care how critically endangered it is. Wow. Yeah. So It's not snaky the- enough for you. Not snaky enough. On the list, I, w- I went up the sizes to find the smallest one that still looks like a proper snake. And it was number seven, the lined snake from the Great Plains, uh, wherever that is. I think it's in your country. Wales? Nope. America. Wales doesn't have any snakes. America, is, I just live here, okay? Yeah, I think, I don't I'm, know, like I'm I- Iowa, Iowa, that's probably in the Great Plains. Oh, my... My father-in-law is Iowan. <laughs> That's not what it is. And I made that up right now. <laughs> Iowan Sounds right. Uh, anyway, so it's a little snake. Uh, it grows to about 20 centimeters. just looks like a small steak. So that even wasn't good enough for me. <laughs> Did you say steak? No. I definitely thought you said it looks like a small Damn. steak. I probably did. Uh, we'll, re- small, we'll, we'll, we'll check it. Small snake. Uh, uh, before but, we move on, before we move on. Oh, I, I would like to throw my hat in the ring for judgment of the Barbados snake. What's it called? The Barbados thread snake. Thread snake. I, I don't want you taking full. Okay, it's a worm. Yep. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But Google this one because I was like, this one's a boring snake. I want the coolest small snake. It's Titanoboa's cool big snake. Uh, so number eight on the list, the ring neck snake. Also from Northern America. Clocks in at about 25 centimeters. But it looks so cool. It's got like oh a gray underbelly and then a black head. And then like a, it's kind of like a rain. Well, 
a scary rainbow, a gray section, and then an orange section, and then finishes off with like a red tail. And all the colors are so vivid. It's beautiful. It looks like how I design my cars on Need for Speed Underground. <laughs> Has it got neons? Kind of. If you see a picture of it fully like belly down, it kind of looks like a red neon underneath. Yeah. Uh, it's a very cool looking, very snaky looking small snake. Yeah. Great snake. Great snake. Great snake. Would rather encounter one of those than a Titanoboa. Although it is also the only one on the list of tiny snakes that is also venomous. So it's most it's the most snaky small snake. How venomous? I didn't get that far. Oh, <laughs> on Google, how venomous is a ringneck snake? Uh, completely harmless to humans. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> not venomous at all. <laughs> they have weak venom in their saliva, which they use to subdue their prey, which obviously does not include us. Yeah, I don't think we're on their list of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Cute little snake, though. Very good, very good-looking snake. I, I, that gave me great satisfaction. It's a top draw snake. Very well done. Top draw snake. Yeah. You got you got a bunch of drawers full of snakes. It's in the top one. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, unless you unless you have a direct segue, I also have a offshoot. Yeah, hit me. Well, I got other things, but I, w- I want to hear from you. All right, appreciate that. Thank you. I wanted to find out other prehistoric animals that are massive versions of their modern day cousins oh cool that's almost what i did i just looked for other big scary things from the past so you go first oh we might have some overlap yeah maybe a hundred thousand years ago so not not that's not that long ago not that long ago uh in syria they had Mm. 12 foot camels (laughs) it's twice as twice as tall as a camel now about the size of an african elephant but the same length, so just extra, extra stories on top. <laughs> <laughs> just real tall humps. Just the humps are big. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry. That's how I pictured it when you explained it. Great. We'll leave it at that. Perfect description. Beavers, right? Adorable. Oh, they build yeah. dams. Yep. 227 kilos, beaver. Oh, that's a big beaver. Yep. And that oh. also... What is adorable in a beaver now? They're little like chewing on logs and stacking stuff up and big teeth. Yeah. At 225 kilos is terrifying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Did they just like, were they forest clearers? Did they also, did they do similar things? Yeah. They, they also made dams, but they must oh. have just dammed up like the whole Amazon. <laughs> Isn't that how we have oceans? Giant beavers. This- this is our river now. <laughs> Crocodile's like, all right, sorry, sir. Can't do many other accents. What about a scary Welsh beaver? <laughs> this is our river now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh, buddy. See you in a minute. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, what else? Um, That's oh, dra- gross. Large beavers. Not into it. Dragonflies the size of seagulls. Oh, no. That's almost the worst part about some of those... Like the movies that have prehistoric animals in them, uh, is the giant mosquitoes and giant bugs. Ugh. Yep. That's what I'd rather hang out with a T Rex and a Titanoboa than a mega mosquito. It's just is ugh. Yeah, it's gross. Mm. Then there were terror birds. Great. Uh. Oh. You ever heard of? <laughs> yeah. I yep, did. Yep. I did. They're just like, just like giant scary dodos, right? Yeah, they're like three meters tall. They run faster than Usain Bolt and they eat meat. <laughs> but they look 
nuts. <laughs> so I got to Terror Birds at the end of my list of big, scary, prehistoric things. So I'm looking at like like Pleurodons, which are just like walking with dinosaurs versions of, of Nessie and like giant crocs and the big old Megalodon. <laughs> and the last one was this terror bird. And there's a picture of a recreation of it standing next to a guy in a museum. It just looks like a big, dumb dodo. Yeah, they've got like stunted beaks and <laughs> tiny wings. But then, yeah, called terror birds, carnivorous and can run faster than Usain Bolt. So that is scary. Not even Bolty's safe. Not even Bolty. I've got one more. Yep. You mentioned it, Megalodon. Everyone knows Megalodon. Everyone. It's massive. I wasn't going to put it in here because it's a bit mainstream, you know? Yeah. Uh, We're very, you know, hip and uber. Uber? Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry. What? (laughs) Not sure. Hip and uber cool. Maybe that's where I was going. Just said uber. I found a quote about Megalodon that I couldn't couldn't say no to. Uh Uh-huh. So, Great White Shark, the terror of our modern ocean, Uh they were the size of a megalodon's penis. (laughs) Oh, man. Megalodon, the bonsai penis version for a megalodon. Yeah. I mean, that's how big they are, that Great Whites were their bonsai penis. Yeah, megalodon's scary, but also, like, not as scary anymore just because of the number of crap movies they've been involved in. Yeah, agreed. Also, like, just don't go in the water. You'll be fine. What, like, what's it going to do? Come on land. Uh, all right. So, Terror Bird was where I was going to end up with my, my follow-on. So, I'm going to skip all of it. It's, you know, the big scary dinosaur-looking ones. There's a couple of funny ones. I want you to we'll, we'll do a classic uh, UCS pronunciation game. So, this, no. is, this is, I would have said, more terrifying than the Terror Bird. It's basically a uh, mega giraffe pterodactyl. Pterodactyl, oh my, pterodactyl. Uh, it's just like a pterodactyl, but it's tall. It's like the tall camel, but it's big and scary. So I've sent it to you, Lloyd. How do you pronounce that? All right. I've heard it pronounced by the most correct source, David Attenborough himself. <sighs> All right. Should I try and say it like David Attenborough? Yeah. <clears throat> the Quetzalcoatlus. <laughs> Close. It's actually, it's not too bad. It's the Quetzalcoatlus. Coatlus. Oh, that's, that makes yeah. me Coatless doesn't, doesn't flow well. Co- Coatless. It's the coatless large bird. He's a little Famously chilly. Famously chilly. Uh, same <laughs> I got same <him>. wavelength. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, just a massive pterodactyl that kind of walked on on its wing legs. I don't know. All very scary. I mean, they're already pterodactyls, uh, an underrated yeah. scary dinosaur. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, just because it's got a funny name, the Gorgonops. <laughs> it sounds actually sounds like it's out of Stranger Things. Well, yeah, the Gorgon. Isn't that the bad, That's, the bad they guy? They have the, the Demi, Demigorgon or something. Demigorgon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the Gorgonops was a real thing. And it basically looks like a three-meter-long <laughs> saber-toothed croco-dog. Oh. Yeah, picture that. I'm going to Google it. Let's see if my description was apt. It was, yeah. You're spot on. It's a, it's a, it's a large, saber dog. large scaly dog with a bit of a snout and some spiky teeth. Imagine yeah. a dog dinosaur, the friendliest of all dinosaurs. Yeah, I would love a, a dog dinosaur. The col- <laughs> the golden retrievosaur, and the, so I, I'm sufficiently scared. So I think that's probably a good time to to ding the bell on Titanoboa and uh, move on. 
Just like really good movie voice. Thanks, buddy. Time for our, our next segment, our little breakup segment. Uh, what are we doing, Lloyd? Hashtag upward tweeting. Upward tweeting. So that is where on a weekly basis, one of us will tweet someone just someone just way above us, just so far above us that we would love to have on the show. Uh, and and look, maybe one day it'll happen. Uh, but uh, at this point, we're really just aiming for at least some kind of uh, acknowledgement. So that's what we're doing. Who did you tweet for us this week, Lloyd? I tweeted at someone who I know is a favorite of both of us. Oh, nice. Um, it's, it's Nick Offerman. Ah, oh, such a favorite. Yeah. Funny, yep. talented, uh, just a paragon of, of masculine positivity, I think. Yeah, he's just such. A, seems like such a great guy. Uh, does. What, what did you say? How did you how did you bait him? Uh, I'll just read the tweet verbatim for you. I said, mm. "Nick, Nicholas, Nicky, <laughs> Mister Offerman, Ooh. the time has come. <laughs> An opportunity has presented itself. Ooh. A wormhole to your future happiness has emerged. Ooh. An invitation to guest for free on our <laughs> podcast. Do not dally, my bearded friend." Oh. Damn, he must have replied to that. So well worded. Nope. Shit. Oh, well. What did you learn this week, Lloyd? This week, I, I, I did some reading on one of the great, great loves of my life. But, uh, honestly, like it's, it's like my wife, you, this thing <laughs> we're going to talk about, then my dog. Like, oh, poor it's, Luna. It's, it's high up there. Uh, all right what is your third greatest love in the world after your wife and me (laughs) it's of course kfc of course and in particular this week i learned that kfc once tried to sue the colonel the harlan sanders for libel that is interesting before you tell me all about it I i was doing a bit of reading around this and i didn't once see an article that was called Anything to do with Colonel Slander. Why didn't that happen? My God, you're right. Colonel Slanders. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm claiming it, but as a dis- an opportunity missed for someone. Like KFC's Colonel Sanders, Slanders, Colonel's KFC. Like, there's just so much you could do with it. <laughs> That's quite good. Great job. Uh, all right. Oh. Tell me all about it. Let's do a bit of backstory on yes, the man himself. One of my mm. great heroes. What's his Harlan- name? Ha- Harland. Harland. Yep. Yep. Okay. He's from the South. So, mm. miss, uh, Mr. Harland Sanders. That was terrible. I'm just going to keep doing my own voice. Not bad. I was going to say you should actually do the whole thing. <laughs> Kentucky accent. Uh, it's just, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Fair enough. So, Harland Sanders, better mm-hmm. known as the Colonel to us, the, mm-hmm. the face of KFC. Mm-hmm. Essentially, um, just to give you the highlights, his his father died when he was quite young, which means <sighs> his mother was working multiple jobs. He had yep. two young siblings, so it kind of fell on him to do some of the, the homekeeping stuff, including cooking. So, uh-huh. as a young'un, he developed some cooking skills and, and a love of cooking, but took a bit of time for that mm. to leak into his professional life. He had a bunch <laughs> of jobs. Like, he was a ferry driver at one point. Oh, yeah. Didn't he start like a... F- a ferry company that was like really successful. Yeah, like he did a bunch of stuff. Uh huh. He's a bit of a CEO entrepreneur. <laughs> Jeffrey C- Bezos. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Great. In 1930, he had mm. the opportunity to own a gas station, petrol station, 
from Shell. Every young boy's dream. Yeah, exactly. And him and his family were able to live at the gas station. So I mm-hmm. think at this this point they were quite poor. Every Sunday, Harland, Harland Sanders, Mr. Colonel, mm-hmm. he would cook a, a big Sunday feast for his family, which was like ah. ham, steak, and fried chicken. Just like mm-hmm. delicious, amazing food. Mm-hmm. He realized running the gas station that a lot of people were driving through. Bear in mind, this is the 30s. So yeah. people are talking more, not just like, googling yelp reviews so people are asking him <laughs> where in kentucky should i go to eat like we want to find somewhere good we want to go somewhere where yeah. we can get classic food and he realized i make really good food yeah, why don't nice. i just start selling my food so he started selling it and i actually shit haven't written down the name of his gas station r- restaurant which uh, i think was like the sanders family cooking company or something not sure yep but it was something yeah believe probably. me that it was something <laughs> I uh, believe you. He he started selling food out of this, uh, what I guess would be a diner in this gas station. Yeah. Um, and it became a part of like Kentucky's Americana. It was like a piece of, of oh, their, nice. their tourist um, revenue. And the reason he got the title Colonel is because he was given the title by Kentucky's governor. Governor. It's the yep. most bullshit. It's the highest honor that can be bestowed by the Commonwealth of Kentucky, whatever that is. So yeah, it's kind look, of it's, like it's meaningless. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's not a it's not a rank, but you can be no. given a certificate that says you're officially called the Colonel. Yeah, it's an honorary title for service to Kentucky's cuisine landscape, and it just I guess it stuck with him. People started calling him the Colonel. If I was yeah. given an honorary certificate that I was the Colonel, I would also tell all my friends to call me the Colonel. So yeah, I guess so. I, I read kind of anecdotally that. Uh, everyone in you started doing it like, all right, yeah, we'll call you the Colonel. And then later they did it very earnestly. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yes, sir, Mr. Colonel, Colonel, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he started dressing like he does in all the ads. Like, that's genuine. Yeah, he wore that everywhere. Like the yeah. white suit with a little black, uh, like, shoestring Kentucky yeah. tie. And he had, like, a summer version and a winter version that was obviously, like, a thicker wool suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was real Phenomenal. into his own image. He, yeah. He was a marketing guy. Yeah, for um, sure. Around this time that his restaurant was was blowing up and people were loving it, he started selling his recipe, his secret herbs and spices, to restaurants. That was his business was was selling the recipe to these restaurants, and I think he probably got a cut of sales of his chicken that they sold. Oh, uh, so they were not his they restaurants. He was just nope. selling them. They would just be like ma and pa um, restaurants in the U.S. Yeah, and Canada. Okay. He'd made about 200 deals with various yeah. restaurants, and it was in 1959 that he sold that company, so his mm. company that made all these deals, to a bunch of investors for about $2 million. So nice. that's $18 million in today's money. So that's yeah. not, not... He's done well. He's done pretty well, but... Yeah, it's not huge. It's, it's a fucking bargain if you're the guys that bought KFC. Yeah, because what's KFC's worth, like, billions now? They sold it to PepsiCo... Oh. In the 80s, I believe, or 90s, uh-huh. for $850 million. Oh, Profit. And they now have a revenue of $28 billion a year. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Like you said, he had his, his suit. He had his, his mustache, his white mustache. Mm. Um, so, he stayed on after the sale mm. as a spokesperson. He, he, all he did was travel around the country doing commercials, doing meet and greets, yeah. Um, uh, he wasn't in the logo until the late 70s. Oh, okay. 
which was pretty close to the end of his life, but he yeah. was he was still like recognizably the face of KFC. Yeah, sure. But around this time in the, in the seventies, KFC had started altering the recipe specifically for the gravy. I have a couple of quotes. He he made his gravy. I'd love to try his gravy. He said that yeah, his right. gravy was so good. It'd make you want to throw away the darn chicken and just eat the gravy. <laughs> I, I've read the quote that he did about the the changed gravy recipe as well. Yep. Can I do it? Yeah. Can I do it in a southern accent? Of course you can. I encourage it. All right. I assume that's that's exactly where we're up to in the story, right? His quote after yeah, testing yeah, the changed. On. Yeah. My God, that gravy is horrible. They buy tap water for 15 to 20 cents a thousand gallons, and then they mix it with flour and starch and end up with a pure wallpaper paste. And I know wallpaper paste by God because I've seen my mother make it. There's no nutrition in it, and they ought not to be allowed to sell it. <laughs> I really you know where you, hard to that. You know where you just took me? Where did I take you? You took me to a museum exhibit where you press a button. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like the animatronic head moves side to side and arms move yeah, up and it, down. <laughs> it lives out history for you. It's exactly where I was just taken. Oh, good. Yeah, so he hated their gravy. Hated it. He said it wasn't fit for dogs. He wouldn't give it to his dogs. Oh. And as a counter, a KFC executive at the time said that the reason they changed it is because his original recipe, you'd need to be a Rhodes Scholar to make it. Apparently, oh, it was like damn. wicked complicated. And obviously, well, KFC guess- is trying to expand, right? Yeah, wicked complicated for fast food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to make things that can be made by minimum wage employees really fast and serve to maximum number of people. So it was actually the franchise that he was visiting where he said that it tastes like wallpaper paste, like his mother oh, nice. used to make, uh, <laughs> that sued him or attempted oh. to sue him. It was thrown out of court. It was just dismissed. All oh, really? it did was draw attention to the fact that they were the KFC with the wallpaper gravy. <laughs> Unlucky. Yeah, yeah. So he also started a rival company because of his yeah. hatred of what KFC become. And this is like in the, I actually can't remember what year this was, but he's, he's getting old at this point, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he died in 1980. So this is uh-huh. like the last 10 years of his life, maybe, mm. maybe less. And this, he started a restaurant that he wanted to call... Again, I, I just haven't haven't written it down. Right, but I've he wanted to call it something. Yeah, I've, I've got. So he he went. I think he went back to his one of his original restaurants that he opened in like Corbin, Kentucky, or whatever it is, uh, and they opened it as Claudia Sanders, the Colonel's Lady. And KFC took him to court. They're like, obviously, mm. you can't do this. You're our spokesperson. You can't just open yeah. a restaurant because you think we suck. <laughs> they settled out of court. Uh-huh. He got a million bucks, but Did part he? of the settlement was that. He would teach KFC staff how to cook properly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but also, of- that restaurant is still open. Yeah, and apparently they're they're the only non-KFC restaurant that is authorized to serve a version of the Colonel's original recipe. Really cool. But they wrote yeah. original recipe in inverted commas, so who knows how accurate that is? Yeah, who knows? But uh, still a, a fun piece of Americana history. Yeah, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, because they changed the name, so it's not quite as yeah, yeah, yeah. KFC obvious, but KFC obvious. Yeah, there are so many interesting things about Colonel Sanders to read. Fascinating man, what a life <laughs> he led. Honestly, his backstory is 
so interesting. He did so many things. And it also sounds like he was a bit of a hothead. Um, like he would have all these business ideas and then he and he was a lawyer for a little bit, but he kept getting like yep. fired or thrown out for like getting into fisticuffs with people over arguments. Like I <laughs> yeah. think he had a, a brawl in court, which ended his, his lawyering career, uh, which is amazing. Um, so but uh, I don't know if you read about this one. In his 1930s um, service station dealio. You got to drop the gunfight? He was in a gunfight. So he's in his shell station. He's selling chicken to the people. He's doing well. Um, and apparently they used to, obviously a lot of billboards, billboards had started. And ap- apparently, I read this, Kentucky full of gunslinging Americans. People would just love to like target practice on billboards. So they would, <laughs> if, if you had advertising on a billboard, all of your letters, all the I's would be shot out. All the O's would have gun holes in the middle of them and stuff. It's, it's genuinely the Wild West. He painted his advertising signs on like roadside and highway side barns because he knew people wouldn't shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. Knew people wouldn't shoot them for fear of hurting someone else's animals and, and property. So his signs were all fresh and pristine. Um, and that really got up one of his competitors in the area. And so they were they had this like sign war where they were painting over each other's signs, like directing people to their restaurants. And apparently one time, Colonel Sanders got annoyed that this guy had painted over one of his signs, went over to him and was like, if you do that again, I'm straight up going to kill you. Sorry. If you do that again, I'm going to straight up <laughs> shoot you in the face. Uh, and then it happened again. And, and this guy, uh, his name was Matt Stewart. He took his gun with him after this threat. Next time he went to paint one of the colonel's signs. Colonel gets wind of it while he's painting it. Goes down there with a couple of the boys from the shell station with guns. <laughs> and Matt Stewart sees him coming, jumps off his ladder, Pulls his gun, shoots, straight up kills one of the Shell employees by shooting him through the heart. Colonel Sanders grabs that guy's gun, shoots back, hits Matt Stewart in the shoulder. Matt Stewart surrenders. They all get arrested and taken down to the to the sheriff's office. Sources are a little shady at this point, but Colonel gets off scot-free. Matt Stewart gets convicted for murder and is sentenced 18 years. But I think he appealed and got out of it. And then turns out, I tried to Google him a bit further. There's not a lot else in there. He was killed three years later in another gunfight. Jesus, he sounds like a rowdy fella. (laughs) Ridiculous. So, yeah, Colonel shot a guy in defense of his chicken. Uh, Pretty good way of getting rid of the competition. Yeah, he's also genuinely lucky to have gotten away with that because he did stroll up on a guy armed. Like, that's fairly premeditated. (laughs) Yeah, like... Could have been the end of KFC as we know it. I, I wouldn't be the man I am today. You, yeah, you'd be fitter, happier, all of those things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I found that that's a that is a great story. It's, it's a really really good story. What else you got? Drop, that that was it. You you've got oh, some good. some Sanders bombs. Drop some Sanders I, bombs on me. I I I went I went deep. <laughs> this next one is straight out of bullshit town. Love there it. is a KFC authorized and written romance novel. Fuck off. It is titled, Google this while I say it, The Tender Wings of Desire. Oh my God. I'm just turned the, on hearing that. <laughs> the cover is the colonel, but sle- <laughs> sleeveless, carrying some woman, and she's holding a leg of chicken. 
<laughs> if you know what I mean. No, it's genuinely a piece of KFC chicken. He's so buff. <laughs> right? But it's still obviously the kernel. Yeah. And they genuinely printed this in 27, 2017 um, as a Mother's Day promotion, of all things. Yeah, this was written by KFC. Yeah. So, if oh you spent God. 20 bucks on chicken, they would give you a free Mother's Day romance novel. And I think the advertising was like, give your mum what she wants this year, which is a bunch of chicken and some peace and quiet to read a KFC romance novel. Just bizarre. <laughs> Isn't it? The cover just amazing, though. Oh, it's so it's good. It's so good. Oh, my so God. I'm gonna, it's a 96-page novella. And it was available on Amazon for a bit, but it's not anymore. And I had a quick look. It seems quite rare now. Like it could you be a piece it's of- worth something. Nah, probably not. But it'd be a piece of, you know, KFC collectible memorabilia. So I'm going to read you the blurb. When Lady Madeline Parker runs away from Parker Manor and a loveless betrothal, she finally feels like she's in control of her life. But what happens when she realizes she can't control how she feels- when she finds herself swept into the arms of Harland, a handsome sailor with a mysterious past, Madeline realizes she must choose between a life of order and a man of passion. Passion! <laughs> Shit. A man of passion. Can love overcome lies? What happens in the embrace of destiny on the tender wings of desire? Oh my god. <laughs> Apparently it's quite shit. I mean, like it's, it's got to be. I desperately am going to try and get a hold of it, though. I need it. I need it. <laughs> I, I need it. So that was great. And then I was reading about it on a Reddit page, of course. And there's another level, Lloyd. Ooh. On Steam, the global gaming platform. Of which there, we're both very familiar. There is a, again, genuinely published by KFC dating simulator called I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking-good dating simulator. I'm literally <laughs> logging into Steam as we speak. Is this... <laughs> do you have to pay for this? Uh, I didn't get that far, but... Oh, my God. It's real. It's got very positive reviews. It was released in 2019, developed by some software company, published by KFC... And it's like an anime dating simulator. The colonel is a young guy with hip glasses and, but the same kind of moustache and goatee. <laughs> I just, just I have the blurb here. Do you want to hear the blurb? I do want to hear the blurb. Welcome to the most delicious dating simulator ever created. <laughs> oh, no. Do you have what it takes to be the business partner of and win the heart of the most famous chicken salesman of all time? <laughs> Play to find out. Go ahead. Colonel Sanders is waiting. <laughs> Features. Nine lovable characters. Multiple hours of playthrough. Dateable Colonel Sanders. A s- <laughs> A secret ending. Shh. Cooking battles. Battle battles. Amazing. <laughs> 11 herbs and spices. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, man. There are some reviews on the Steam page, at least on the, the web version of the Steam page I'm looking at, that are also equally as amusing. <laughs> like, not recommended. Now, look, the game is great and all. But when I tried to have sex with the colonel, it gave me a game over screen. <laughs> Good. Phenomenal I meant review. 
different review from Zoe. I'm mentally unstable after playing not even 10 minutes of this game. Amazing. It's 11,000 reviews. Unbelievable. And uh, oh, it is free. Oh, man. Here's another not recommended. Nine hours they played it. You do not get to have sex with the game. <laughs> this is not a porn game. It's on Steam. Uh, and that that's where I got to with Colonel Sanders. Loved the history part. And then also how ridiculous some of the advertising is. What a company. What a man. Uh, I mean, but like the company sounds evil. I'm, I'm, I, would, I think I'd prefer to go to his original chicken restaurant, the like sit down diner where Colonel Sanders is slapping together his secret uh, 11 herbs and spices recipe with his incredibly difficult gravy. I would love to try some 1930s Sanders fried chicken. Mm, that'd be so good. I also heard it's, um, it's pan fried rather than using like a deep fat fryer. I thought his special recipe was uh, like an original version of pressure cooking rather than... Oh, I read pan fried. Pressure, the pressure cooking the chicken. Well, he, pan, he said he pan fried his famous fried chicken at the gas station was pan fried for his yeah, family, okay. but maybe it moved on guess we'll never know he is super dead yeah like 41 years 41 years dead r.i.p good on your kennel my dogs just walked in and looked at me so sadly uh, which i think aligns with the timing it's potentially time to wrap it up Uh, yeah look reggie reggie knows his stuff man what a ride what a roller coaster that was great uh if you want to correct us uh, on any of our facts or tell us about your experiences with the tender wings of desire or i love you colonel sanders where can we be reached lloyd i would honestly would love to hear some personal anecdotes with kfc's sordid romantic marketing history oh yeah you can reach us on twitter at the ucs pod or email us at the uc nope the ucs podcast <laughs> at gmail.com good are you sure no but it's fine Yeah, one of those probably. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with more exciting things next week. Have a finger-licking good week. Really good. Really good. Really good. Cheerio.